joke, right? Five guys, 12 pubs, 50 pints. 60 pints. Oh, <laughs> steady on your fucking alky. I haven't had a drink for 16 years, Gary. You must be thirsty then. <sighs> but we can go back, see the guys, chew the fat, and it'll be just like it always was. Except this time, we're going to finish this thing once and for all. You have a very selective memory, Gary. Thanks. You remember the Friday nights. I remember the Monday mornings. Yeah, that's why we're going back on a Friday. <sighs> why do you think none of us live in Newton Haven anymore? I don't know. Because it is a black hole. It's boring. It always was and it always will be. It's only boring because we're not there. It's pointless arguing with you. Exactly. So come. I'm picking everybody up from High Wycombe Station, Friday, 3 o'clock. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 58 of Vague Zone. I'm Thomas. And I'm Daniel. Today, we're finishing out the Cornetto trilogy with the 2013 science fiction comedy, The World's End, starring Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Martin Freeman, Rosamund Pike, and plenty of other fantastic people show up in this movie. Uh, Daniel, would you like to read us the IMDb synopsis? Sure. Five friends who reunite in an attempt to top their epic pub crawl from 20 years earlier unwittingly become humanity's only hope for survival. Not too bad. Doesn't give too much away. Yeah, um, I like it. That problem could be in a lot of forms if you just read that. So, yeah, yeah. That's nice. It's a, a very coy uh, log line slash synopsis. So it gives some, something to, to come up with. <clears throat> I guess I'll start off, Daniel. What did you think about The World's End upon rewatch? Uh, upon rewatch so on rewatch i like this a lot more i feel like initially um i thought it was the weakest of the three and maybe i still do i'm not totally sure yeah um, but on a rewatch i've come to appreciate it a lot more um i think um one of the reasons it doesn't uh sit alongside the others in terms of you know quality is there is a weird character dynamic here where Simon Pegg is an unlikable character and yeah. he is our main character. Gary and, King. And looking at like the chemistry between him and Nick Frost in the other movies, it's like Shaun of the Dead. He's, a, he's kind of an everyman, decent guy. Uh, Nick Frost is, you know, kind of a loser, but they have a good comedic dynamic. Yeah. Hot fuzz. He's uh he's not necessarily charismatic, but he's a, he's a hero. We can root for him. We understand his point of view. And Nick Frost, very, there's a lot of contrast between the two characters and the comedy comes out of contrast. Yeah, he's more slapsticky, buffoonery kind of character. Yeah, and here the dynamic between uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost is that Simon Pegg is an unlikable character and Nick Frost doesn't like him. <laughs> and so <laughs> yeah. I feel like the, it is, uh, it's it's harder to get on board with this one, I think the sort of clues of where this movie is headed um there aren't really any <laughs> it feels like it feels like yeah. Shaun of the dead you're getting pretty heavy clues you know where it's going it's called Shaun of the dead um hot fuzz yeah. you know it's it's more of just a mystery uh you're seeing the um the hooded figures in the background and our our heroes are missing them um, you're you're getting a little more info than our, our characters do have. Um, but with this one, it's basically like you're not clued into anything that is going on until the characters find out that something's going on. And it's yeah, more yeah. of a it's more of a from dusk till dawn sort of thing. Um, I like that comparison. Yeah. But yeah, I think uh, 
on a rewatch getting older and thinking back about my relationship with my my dude friends from high school um i really like this movie i kind of like gary king i know he is undeniably a shithead but there's part <laughs> of me that feels like surrendering to be a shithead uh there's a, there's a certain uh, allure to that <laughs> yeah um i don't I know if you Go go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say I don't know if you caught this on while ro- watching it, but I was like, I feel like he has this little bit of a a Bugs Bunny kind of energy to him, where it's like he's hmm. clearly he's full of shit. He gets things wrong a lot, but he's just like he's very much like the court jester, and he's just like very physical with all the stuff that he does. And like, there's a few shots where they show up to the pub, and he kind of just pops up from the bottom like of the frame and just like shows up. I don't know. He just reminds me he's very very like animated and over the top, and I don't know. It helps with yeah. the charm of the fact that he's like literally using the same car listening to the same mixtape it's like all the stuff that they're like you still have this this still works and it's like yeah, of course like i held on to everything from high school because that's yeah. what he is and he yeah he's a menace and he's a pest but he's still kind of an unstoppable force so yeah there is that bugs bunny quality yeah. um but yeah i i like this one what do you think i enjoy it yeah it does have a very different vibe tonally than the first two in this trilogy and so I don't, it has a little bit of a, a heavier burden to sort of carry. It's like it's talking about like the first opening like little monologue or a little montage that we get from Gary King kind of like explaining his character, like the character dynamics of the, the five and just like all of their relationships to each other and like kind of how he sort of connected to each one differently. And like we get a little bit of visual foreshadowing just like the other films in the Cornetto trilogy, a lot of things that are said a lot of lines in the script and a lot of visual cues that we get get echoed in the third act of the film and so that mm-hmm. basically happens here again like kind of dialing in with the like the names of the pubs kind of get us a little bit of a hint about some of those things like one's like called the hole in the wall and then like a car like, drive, like drives through a hole in the wall in one of the bars later on so like there's like i like those little bit of hints yeah. and everything really do, doing that in a way that i think is a lot more subtle than the other two movies where it's like it's really i feel like a lot more understated it's still doing that but it's not as over the top with it well to me it feels like it's it's foreshadowing the structure but not necessarily the content um yeah it's like we don't there's no clues that there's like spoiler alert space invaders (laughs) yeah yeah there's no really hints of of that at all but we do see some like i I literally i just watched this video on youtube that was like it's the foreshadowing of uh the world's end and so they're like introducing all the characters and when they're introducing uh nick frost character uh andy as a younger kid they're like all inside of a bar and he like rips his shirt rips open because yeah. he's like about to fight and then so later on in the fight in the end when he's like i hate this town or whatever he like rips his shirt open and like just starts going crazy on the on the aliens but yeah i don't know i that's what, like one of the hallmarks of these movies and I was really surprised seeing those like callbacks and there's so many things that like I didn't really notice but I was like yeah this is like really good at doing that but yeah like you said the character dynamic is a little bit different so it's a little bit harder to sort of get on board and yeah the dynamics is is kind of awkward and like they're not really stoked to be hanging out with Gary he kind of like lies and sneaks his way into making this reunion happen and so yeah it is like a weird like reunion movie growing older kind of friend buddy movie that there's not a, a ton of movies like this at least i might not be familiar with them but it, like Shaun of the dead's like yeah we're pulling from zombies we're pulling from rom-coms and mm-hmm. hot fuzz we're pulling from action movies we're pulling from buddy cop movies but this is like okay it's like invasion of the body snatchers sort of kind of in a more built up violent way but there's not a lot of like 
friends reuniting to drink after tw- i mean there might be dramas like that but i can't think of them off the top of my head yeah and so it's a little bit more floating as far as like the genre like um the genre tributes that the other two are not- uh, noticeable for but i don't know it, it turns out to be a really great like you know re- friend reunion movie and it's like uh, when gary king sort of has his moments later on in the movie it's it's kind of touching and we do get to see simon Pegg really pull out a really good performance yeah yeah i think it's he's especially good in the when he's trying to convince nick frost to join and he's lying to him about his mother dying it's like he's doing a pretty good job there Um, yeah (laughs) yeah the way he kind of like brings it up as he's getting kicked out of the office and yeah it's just he's yeah really good at selling all of those things and yeah then it's sort of yeah i guess we got spoilers a little bit but yeah it turns into this like invasion movie where there's like people coming and like replicating humans and it's like it just turns into like this really big set piece based kind of thing where we get a lot of really big fights in the areas and a lot of just tributes to like moments of like jackie chan choreography or it's like kind of kung fu choreography so i was going to ask what did you think about like the fighting and like kind of just like what do you think about that in this movie so hot fuzz is the action buddy cop movie but this movie does action way better than hot fuzz does yeah in my yeah it's, it's gnarly it's really good <laughs> like like it, it it's it works as a really good punchline that everyone in this movie knows how to fight especially yeah. nick frost that he's like doing uh wrestling moves and shit but um yeah bill pope shot this movie uh yeah. who our friend from the matrix and from alita battle angel and from bill pope Shang friend, Chi. <laughs> friend of friend of the show he listens yeah. every night um but yeah he's doing a fucking fantastic job here once again yeah. um yeah the action choreography is wonderful that first that first bathroom scene so so I, earlier i mentioned that this is kind of like a from dust till dawn situation where you know we're in one movie and then the trajectory completely changes um yeah. But I think with From Dust Till Dawn, the change happens, like, in the third act here. I, during that bathroom scene, I looked it up. I looked up the runtime, and it's almost exactly one-third of the way into the movie. So it would be okay. at the end of, like, if it's a three-act movie, like, the end of the thir- first act. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's interesting because in, in my head, I remember the... Uh, the buildup lasting way longer and it feels like you're with these characters for a really long time as they do this pub crawl and then things go south but it's really you spend the bulk of the movie in this sci-fi movie um yeah i i think the first uh, third of it is really deceptive because they have that nice little play on the whole like gentrified bar thing something uh, as uh, bay area drinkers were kind of (laughs) familiar with like oh yeah so like some of these bars just look like cookie cutter fucking the same same yeah, benches same san francisco <laughs> yeah same barrels same fancy looking like uh menus drawn with there was, ipas <laughs> there was a bar in san francisco called esta noche it was a gay mexican bar and yeah. it closed down and it was a big deal when it closed down and then they put in a new bar um that was pretty much identical to a bar that was one street down yeah. Uh, where it's just like a thin sort of hallway with a bar and a projection, and that's it. Yeah, uh, it's, such, it's kind of a bummer because it's just like can do more than yeah, just like yeah. And this movie has fun with that, where they're like, yeah, this is just like how I remember it. And they're like, wait, this like I don't know what you're talking about, dude. Like this is just like <laughs> identical well, to the uh, one before. Yeah, the second bar isn't it called like the old familiar or something like that? 
think so. <laughs> yeah. To come and up, it find it. Just uh, it's literally the same set. Yeah, and like and all, I think all of the bars throughout the movie have like the same signage and like they all have the same fonts and stuff like that. A little bit, yeah. I guess um, I think they got more like sort of as they actually were a little bit further on. But uh, there's 12 bars in total on this uh, golden mile that these characters are going on. And yeah, I didn't really notice this when I was watching it. But yeah, there's like some subtle references to like <laughs> just the sort of things that kind of take place inside of these bar inside of these bars. And um, yeah, uh, I can't bring this up. <laughs> I was like looking through the, uh, trying to look at the Wikipedia, but there's way more on there that I could sort of stick through. What are you easily. trying to look up? Uh, well, so, it was uh, subtle references. There's one like the two-headed dog, I think is that, is that a reference to like- Well, there's the twins that they're gonna fight yeah. with at the table. Yeah, yeah, like the twins and everything like that. And, and then uh, yeah, the, thought the mermaid or whatever. Uh, I think the sign has three mermaids on it: two blonde, one redhead, which is the marmalade yeah. sandwich. And yeah, yeah, yeah. All of the all of the signs and the names are setting things up. Um, yeah, I thought the Wikipedia would have just a list of the bars. That's what I was looking for, but I couldn't find just a list of all the bars. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess I'll, the, what it was leading to is like, what do you think of like the actual creature design once we get it, once we get inside of that? bathroom fight and it's always kind of weird seeing like the heads kind of shatter and be sort of like empty on the inside with like the blue like blood like what do you think about this yeah i was listening to the audio commentary um and he said that he wanted it edgar wright was saying that he wanted it to be sort of like they're punching easter eggs where it's just like completely hollow on the inside and i think it's cool because i mean one of the things i like about it is um so Martin Freeman, you know, we're in spoiling territory, whatever. Yeah. Uh, he becomes one of the blanks, which are these uh, alien robots. They're not robots because they're not slaves. Um, but yeah. <laughs> he, he becomes a blank and he gets the top half of his head smashed. But we still get a Martin Freeman performance from the eye from below the eyes, basically. Uh, yeah. We're still getting <laughs> like mouth and nose performance. And you're actually getting a lot of uh i don't know performance quality from, from mm-hmm. just that portion of the face yeah i i don't know i for this for seeing something kind of like so cartoony and fun it it does get a little weird for me because just the way that yeah it's like a lot of just their heads are sort of like just getting smashed and like kind of shattered yeah, and like, off like, and... like they're like action figures or something yeah. but the fact that they're hollow is a little bit stranger and a little bit more alien but yeah the first fight is really good where he like he kind of just gets like cornered inside this bar and is struggling, just kind of pops the head off like a doll, basically. And yeah, seeing that the little like plastic nub is just really curious because yeah, it feels like yeah, it's de- like a, yeah, an action figure. Like de- yeah, depicting humans is like yeah, we're just a bunch of like dolls and like there's a, a higher power that's kind of just toying with us, and that's kind of what the the final little speech confrontation is about. They're like yeah, these aliens they they have a, a grander scheme for us. They've been watching us and. Amer- uh, sorry the earth is placed rather low on their list of criteria yeah and it's cool that like with the nub design that it's signaling that the limbs can be like torn off and like rearranged and they yeah, actually yeah. do explore that by having one of the twins take the legs of the other twin and put them on her arms <laughs> her arm yeah so this spinning uh uh <laughs> rock and sock of yeah. robots kind of just like like yeah, the design like isn't just aesthetics; it's it has a practical purpose that actually gets explored in the movie, which is pretty cool. 
yeah yeah it's really nicely done in that fight where like yeah they're sort of kind of <laughs> doubting they're not quite on board with like yeah are we actually being invaded and they are gary king kind of just like jumps in and just like wails on this one this one uh female blank and yeah it's like it's it's a really good fight i like that fight a lot um, and then uh patty constantine gets his line of uh get your feet off of her yeah <laughs> yeah it's great um uh i don't have uh, like as much to say off the top of my head about this that's so why i'm kind of like looking at no worries, my notes no a little bit um, um we can do you want to just like dive into the ending <laughs> oh actually well here's one thing we'll we'll do an edit point uh so what was your favorite joke in this movie I'm trying to think. Uh, that's a question I had that I was going to ask you, but I was like, I don't really know what my answer to that would be. Um, it, it's probably going to be something related to the blocking and one of the fights and just the way that they do sort of the choreography. But they have this whole thing with the Golden Mile. And Gary is the one who just has to be drinking mm -hmm. at every single one. So there's one, like the really grimy moment where they like go to the pub and like they don't get let in it's like it's not open or something like that so he just like sees three oh, beers yeah. like on the on the table and just just drinks him it's just like it's like man like, he's like he's gotta do yeah. it yeah he's like just really clawing for this just to be completed and like yeah. the, the mission must be done but yeah just like the, there's a really great fight i think it's like the second or third one where he's trying to drink the pint while he's fighting and it kind of is a throwback to this drunken master jackie chan where it's kind of just like drinking throughout this like really fluid and kind of stumbling fight scene and i think we do get like an actual throwback to it like uh like a particular like kick from like rush hour or something where he gets like thrown back against one does like two really swift kicks to his left and to his right but yeah it's just i just like the just like his the joke of him needing to just be drinking inside of that fight just feels like a nice homage to the drunken master thing and so um, that, that's like that's like the only one that comes to my mind and you know there's like tons of these little small callbacks in this movie it's just like i was just like fuck like they don't stick out as much to me as the other two but uh, what about you do you have a favorite joke uh, in there well real quick did you feel the need to drink when you watched this movie uh yeah just i'm also <laughs> it's like yeah celebrating being back home i'm just like excited but yeah it's just like fuck i'll have a, a few beers while watching this and yeah uh that i think it might have <laughs> smooth some of those uh, details it's like, oh, it's, yeah it's like it kind of got lost in it yeah i feel like it's pretty impossible like not to uh like because as soon as the movie fucking starts like when we get the title it is printed on the side of a pint glass yeah. and you're just seeing those bubbles you're seeing the condensation <laughs> you're seeing the fingerprints on the glass and you're like yeah i want to i want to get get in on this <laughs> yeah and it's really enticing when we see like beer getting, getting drawn from the tap and so like, they, yeah. like they, he's doing the edgar wright smash cuts of just like pints being mm -hmm. filled up and it's like fuck yes yeah, it's kind of infectious the way that they're doing it and it's really interesting that uh nick nick's frost character andy is doing this whole thing where like oh you got andy to come like you actually got andy to agree to this but he's drinking yeah. water for that first bit until like a lion eating hummus <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, how can you be doing this, man? You're like the, the, the true party god. So yeah, him just having tap water is really sad up until that first fight where he, <laughs> Gary has the whole thing of shots and he just like sits and just like yeah. knocks down five okay. shots. So that's another like really nice just visual joke that I enjoy. So yeah, I think all of my choices would be something along those lines. But you have a, a, a line or something in this favorite movie? Joke? That, <laughs> yeah. Uh, favorite joke is Nick Frost joking. He... he 
Sam is asking Andy, like, why they're continuing. Uh, is it the Golden Mile? Is that what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> and he he basically says, like, we've got no one has any better ideas. Fuck it. And then he he's, like, drunk when he's saying this. And then he turns around to exit and he shoves his hand through a glass panel. Of the yeah, door. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's my favorite part. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm with that. Yeah, this movie has a lot of good, just like yeah, a lot of good physical, kind of, yeah. <laughs> physical joke in this in this movie. Even though, yeah, the screenplay is still really solid, and there are, like I say, plenty of callbacks woven into this movie. So one of the big reasons this ranked lower for me, possibly at the bottom, is because of the ending. Mm. And I'm wondering how you feel about this ending because when uh, they get to the world's end, he pulls uh the lever to pour himself a glass and they descend into this underground uh i don't know space <laughs> where the network is operating our villains the chamber an underground yeah, chamber underground <laughs> chamber zone um and a good portion of we, we get a long scene of a uh, three drunk men yelling at a light uh voiced by mm -hmm. bill nye yeah. and the light is just telling them it's an exposition dump. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what did you what did you make of all that? Um, yeah, not as crazy about it. This one thing I was thinking about while watching this movie, it's like you have this whole thing about like, okay, it's a friend reunion in a small town. But then once we are given the information that the entire town has sort of been wiped out by, or not wiped out, sorry, replaced by these like sort of blanks and these copies, mm -hmm. we get a lot of really good shots where it's like, it's just the five of them sort of walking the opposite direction of just like just a, a ton of mindless drones kind of all marching in unison in the other direction. Mm -hmm. And so I like that. But I was like, how, like, how are they going to solve this without doing like a, a massive reset or something sort of like big? Because this is like a pretty big thing. And it's like not yeah. like the Shaun of the Dead where the, you know, sort of. The uh, the National Guard can come in and sort of just like start taking out zombies and everything. It seems yeah, like they've already done of, that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so everyone sort of agreed that okay, like we're doing the hive mind thing. And I was like, well, you like go against this hive mind, and yeah, they have this drunken argument where <laughs> the the uh, divine being of five lights or whatever five like, little little bit of lines. It's like yeah, like we are considering Earth to join this like big thing this bigger this bigger picture galactic yeah. whatever alliance it is and they're just too belligerent and they just like they said fuck you like who are you to judge us kind of thing and yeah it, i don't know i think it was too human yeah yeah it's pretty charming the first time i saw it i was totally fine with it because i was like yeah like, he's fucking drunk and fuck those aliens but yeah <laughs> it's uh it does seem a little yeah i don't know just a tad odd when it's like oh man like it, it is like uh thought-provoking in a way but it makes you feel like a, a little bit bad even while like kind of drunk i was like damn like he's just like saying fuck you to like this intergalactic thing and i was like yeah. i don't know like like it seems it's like i get it it's, yeah it's like it's this whole fuck you mentality that kind of comes inherent to a lot of people not just america's leaders like you know all over the world people kind of have that mentality it's like, fuck you you're not gonna do like i do what i want type of thing that's like the human thing and i don't know it's, it seems to be uh I don't want to say defeatist or something. That's kind of the opposite of that. But it just seems like, yeah, like, I don't know. <laughs> the <laughs> so triumph of the human spirit. Yeah, to yeah. To say, fuck it's like, you. <laughs> it's worse. I was like, I get it, but it's not making me laugh or, like, walk away from this movie feeling any better than I did before for whatever reason. It's like, it's kind of funny, but, like, yeah, just cheeky is the way to say it. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like the scene, like, one, it's, there's kind of an exposition dump. 
which I don't like. Two, I feel like the scene goes on a little too long. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And three, it's just not that interesting watching three guys argue with the light. <laughs> yeah. It's not yeah. the most interesting visual uh, thing. Uh, it's hard. It's a little hard for me to get sucked into. Uh, I think on rewatches, it works a lot better because, you know, I know what's coming. And there's a lot of good jokes in those moments. Like when he says, like, oh, fuck off, you big lamp or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's, yeah. He gets called yeah, King kinda... Gary and it like, or Gary King of the humans. And it kind of goes to his head during the scene. And yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's this weird thing where after that, like uh, all of them start exploding and it creates this really big, like we're driving away from like this explosion kind of scene. And I, I don't know. I was just like, this is like kind of cool, but it just wasn't totally working for me as much. So I was like, yeah, there's, it, it's, I don't know. Is it like a tribute? Like, are we like sort of making a comment on genres that do this, or, or are we sort of just relying on what this genre can allow? It's like, okay, there's gonna just end in a big fiery explosion. It's gotta drive away from the explosion kind yeah. of thing. Well, we get well. We end with uh, an epilogue. Of, yeah. And so I I like the epilogue because it's basically it feels like a lot of what the movie's saying is coming into focus. Which I'm not, which I'm still not totally sure what it's saying. <laughs> like, I get the feeling, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, we gotta have a discussion about what do we think this movie is saying. Because, because, yeah, yeah. okay, Gary is an alcoholic. We learn that he has attempted suicide and that he wasn't in AA at the beginning. He was actually in some sort of rehab program and he was, uh, you know, institutionalized, yeah, uh, seemingly yeah. against his will. Um, and so, uh, him doing this golden mile it is because he is desperate to reconnect with a simpler time in his life where you know he was full of a uh, promise and opportunity and you know he had a, he had a possible possibly a future ahead of him uh, a bright future um and so his anger with the way the world has sort of betrayed him or is uh, uh becomes self-destructive and he becomes an alcoholic and self-destructive in you know the form of a suicide attempt also yeah. and so we when we get to the end he has uh you know given the opportunity to live as his young self the network presents him with a young version of himself and says that like you know that could be him or whatever he can be what he wanted to be yeah and he ends up killing his younger self so it is like this, it's sort of reflecting the suicide portion of uh, his his story. Um, but he's killing the younger version of himself. There's only one Gary King. And it feels like he is kind of uh, letting go of that fantasy. Um, but then in the epilogue, he is traveling the world with the copies, the blanks of his friends, his young friends. Yes, he's, so it he's feels leading like he is, a, a band of... <laughs> of yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it feels like he's fulfilling that fantasy, and he orders water at the end, so maybe, like, because he is allowed to fulfill this fantasy, because he is allowed to live the life he wanted, he no longer needs to uh, resort to self-destruction? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> like, yeah, what do you yeah, make he, of Gary's story? It was interesting. I was thinking a lot about The Matrix while watching this movie, okay. especially when it gets to the end, where he's like, yeah, like we can, you can be like this perfect ideal version of yourself. It will just replace you with this. And I was like, this is sort of like, we're all out. It's like all these characters are in the like real world or whatever. And this is just like the literally like the matrix kind of trying to entice mm -hmm. you to come just like 
turn your brain off and come yeah. be a blank and come just like just live in this like hive mind fantasy but yeah the fact that those aliens sort of retreat there is a, a population of blanks still like existing on the earth and uh humans are like out have uh out what is it called uh uh fuck like not banish them but they're like treating them like second class citizens or whatever the fuck yeah they're like they've sort of separated that sort of like yeah no blanks allowed in this bar type of thing which i thought was an interesting kind of line towards the end but yeah i don't know i him leading like a band of like these copies of his younger self it feels like it's about this yeah this unfulfilled kind of fantasy and this like just wanting to be stuck in this older preserved like version of your life and i don't know it just made me think about just the matrix and how we think about reality and sort of the context of those science fiction movies where it's like if you can get offered a world that's sort of perfect and sort of he like i think it even says on here in the wiki says that he's sober because he he orders water at the bar it's like he can sort of be his ideal self and i think it is a little bit of a a messy road to that because yeah it's like there's been a lot of destruction (laughs) it's like humans have been like all like cut off from each other now because there's like these beings introduce us to the internet or something like that so i don't know it just seems like he makes a really big sacrifice to sort of fulfill a personal fantasy but the world kind of goes to shit for it because here's the thing it's like does the world go to shit because uh you know what are their names steven and sam they get together they move to a shack and it's supposedly a pretty nice shack things are working out for them uh yeah yeah. martin freeman his copy uh you know he only exists as a blank now and he goes back to selling houses you know he's sort of like uh goes back to the life that was working for him um yeah yeah well who is the who's the other the other friend oh is andy he's kind of the one telling the story yeah like the kid so this is the thing. I feel like Andy's story doesn't work out because in the bar, it is revealed that his wife had left him a few weeks ago and that he's yeah. like fighting to make things right. I think his sobriety part of that. Um, I believe so. Yeah. Or is his No, I think his sobriety is because of the, the accident when they were younger. But anyway, Sorry, yes, but anyways, yeah, he yeah, says like, he says he, he's, he's like fighting to make things right. Uh, but in the end, it's his, his wife isn't around. So maybe things didn't work out for him. But their other friend, whose name I'm forgetting, and I feel bad. Um, uh, got no, uh, Sam, Peter, Oliver. Uh. Peter. Uh, Peter, his blank, goes back to be with the family. Yeah. And he's actually engaging with the kids, which is contrasted against what happens earlier in the movie when he's like reading his newspaper and ignoring his family. Yeah, so it yeah. feels like... So part of what I think is like weird about this movie is it feels like... It feels like it's saying Gary is right. <laughs> um, yeah, like, because, that's true. Like Gary, who is like, like I've said, an undeniably a shithead at the beginning of this movie. And he is trapped in adolescence. Uh, he, he just wants to get loaded and he wants to be free to do what he wants to do. Quoting the Peter Fonda movie. And, um, but like he has this stunted growth, whereas everyone else is just going about their lives, like uh, committing to these careers, which aren't really fulfilling maybe um you know nick frost is buttoned up in a suit working in an office uh uh patty his character steven um you know he's like working hard to get in shape he seems to be doing pretty well but he doesn't have the woman he wants um i think martin freeman's character is probably 
he is uh, most in line with the life that he wants, but he's the first to become a blank, and his blank is pretty much operating like him. So it feels like, yeah, there's this element of like conforming to the adult world, the quote-unquote adult world, which is like, that is the world of the blanks, both in... Uh, you know, the sci-fi world where literally they're blanks and in the real yeah. world where it's just, this is how people operate and people are, are trapped and they shouldn't be operating this way. Uh, Gary King is actually free, but because he is in conflict with the rest of the world, he resorts to self-destruction. And when the rest of the world is now mirroring him, when the rest of the world catches up to him, he is able to be who he wants to be. He doesn't need the alcohol anymore. He's fine just ordering water. Um, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, the, the rest of the world does sort of catch up to him on this level of destruction. But yeah, I guess I'm more just thinking about, yeah, how Andy would be thriving in those moments, I guess, because he's kind of just the storyteller around a, a garbage fire. I don't know. He's <laughs> Yeah, it feels he like, well, like... he did go organic, which earlier yeah. in the movie he said he was trying, I think he was trying to go organic. And now he's leading, eating a lot more organic. He doesn't even crave processed food anymore. And that's when we get the Cornetto reference yeah yeah um but yeah i don't know it feels like for a lot of people the quote-unquote post-apocalypse is actually better but yeah. um so yeah and i and i think it's a condemnation of the network and a condemnation of uh you know what we think of as adult way of operating yeah i think you're right yeah because yeah even thinking about them offering yeah this sort of supreme sort of connectivity yeah just like yeah, very much mirrors what goes on in actual life. Yeah, like him, him leading his younger friends. You're cutting out really bad right now. It works. It works for me, for sure. Um, I really I was wanted to mention what you think about the whole like prove who you are scene and when they're inside of like their shack and how about now? Um shit, shit? is it that it's it's still, still pretty bad. Yeah. Damn. Okay, wait, now it's getting better? Say something? Check check. The video is yeah. super laggy. The audio is coming through better. Uh okay. Must have to turn the video off, get some bandwidth. Uh yeah. Um, stop video. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I just wanted to uh, about the like, prove who you are scene because uh, that's one that really sticks out to me a lot. Because this whole thing about like the blanks sort of erase these scars that you've had, and sort of you come back without like these scars from like living life or whatever. But yeah, sort of they just do like this sort of group interrogation where they're kind of just like prove who you are. And I don't know. Uh, what did you think about uh, Simon Pegg in that scene? Um, so we get the, that's when we get the reveal that from Nick Frost, that there was a car accident a long time ago. Um, right. Yes. Yeah. That's when we find out what, why he became sober and why he sort of split away from, uh, Gary King in the first place is this, yeah, this really selfish, selfish act from Gary sort of like yeah. winding them both up in a car accident and sort of just leaving him at the hospital when he totally walked away without any injuries. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not really sure. Like, I, I mean, I love the scene. I think there's a lot of great comedic moments in it. Um, it feels like, yeah, there's an op there, there was an opportunity there to make that a bigger emotional moment, and they didn't take it. They saved the emotional, the real, like, major emotional interaction between those two characters for when they're the last ones at World's End. Yeah. Um, 
which is interesting. Uh, but I, I mean, I mean, the scene works for me. Yeah, I don't really have a ton of thoughts about it. Yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking about this movie as far as like the genres that is sort of blending together, and I guess it just just feels just oh, like, is it like a, a the thing moment. Uh, no, not really. That's interesting that you say that. But I was thinking like, okay, like this is like just a science fiction kind of drama essentially, and a lot of the heavy sci sci fi stuff like didn't really work for me. Like it's good, but it like there's nothing super like mind blowing. But I think all of the stuff dealing with being older and having these really raw conversations with your, your friends from school or whatever friends from your past i thought those things were really really prominent and i don't know just the whole like proof who you are seems uh resonated me resonated with me just because i was just thinking yeah like that feeling of like when you're growing older and like, sort of changing like i don't know they, they capture that really well in this movie and i think that's what redeems it a lot for me is the fact that as a sci-fi movie, it's not super interesting to me, but as far as like a movie about a bunch of blokes getting older and like having some real ass kind of conversations, I don't know, it's really good for that. And I thought yeah, that scene's really stuck out to me with it. So like, hearing you, you you're not a, a blank. So yeah, hearing you talk about it, um, what occurs to me is that like the way they prove who they are, it's so, so with uh, Martin Freeman's character, Oliver, they know he's a blank when his blank has his birthmark again. Yeah. But like when they're all in a room together, uh, the re the rest of the crew in that in that shack or whatever, um, the way they prove who they are is with their scars, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's all based on like who you are is based on your mistakes, right? Yeah. And like uh, the blank is just you know who you were born as. Um. So there's no character there. Like yeah, who, who yeah. Martin Freeman was, uh, who Oliver was as a human was someone who removed his birthmark. Uh, there was a decision made. And like, uh, so I think, yeah, like the idea that all these characters prove who they are with their mistakes or by Simon Pegg bashing his fucking head against a wooden post. Uh, yeah, first he shows his tattoo and they're like, that's not enough. And so then he <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, proceeds to bash his head against the wall. But yeah, him showing the tattoo really got me because i was like oh yeah it's like i've gotten some tattoos in my life and, you know those are like one of those things where it's like fuck like was this a perfect idea in yeah. the moment but, but it, it 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 goes back to the it, it mirrors the ending which is when they're saying to air is human or to yeah to air is human yeah yeah that stuff really stuck out to me just like the the things that drove me to this movie before was like oh yeah like watching the trailer and sort of seeing the but like the sort of fight scenes, like okay, yeah, this could be like a cool, action-packed kind of like uh, an action-packed sort of way to cap out this really fun trilogy. But then, yeah, as I'm getting older and watching this movie, I'm like, oh yeah, this this one really works because of just the way that this, these characters sort of grow up a lot in the, yeah. over the course of this like just like reunion. I don't know; those those things really stuck out to me. Then the notes about like gentrification and like those the the bars all kind of becoming the same i was like yeah it's like it does a lot of those things uh, a lot of those things it touches about like being jaded and being older were really well done so earlier i said that there's a certain appeal to gary king um even though he is you know a loser <laughs> and, a, yeah. and a shithead um do you feel that there's an appeal to gary king and like yeah what are your thoughts on that yeah i think there is it's a yeah, certainly not perfect. He's <laughs> certainly very deceitful. The fact that, yeah, there's this nice gag where he borrows $20 from the other members in the group to pay back Nick Frost's character with this money. There's like 
borrowing borrowing from Peter to pay John or some shit like that, whatever the, the line is. But yeah, he he's a swindler. He's a little slippery, but I think that adds to the charm. The fact that yeah, what he wants isn't super. I don't know, outlandish or yeah. The the thing that he wants in this movie is just to sort of be connected to this older thing, and a lot yeah. of people can relate to that. And there's a a lot of truth to going back and reminiscing about those things and yeah it's a really a tender sort of topic to touch about as far as being human and the things that the things that we like and he's one of those people that likes to look uh, backwards as opposed to looking forward and so i don't know he gets he gets a little bit of what he wants and i don't know there's something very relatable to that but he's um, not definitely not perfect he's definitely very conflicted i feel like when i get together with old friends and like i have a lot of dude friends from high school um when i get together with them it does feel like there's this you know the first thing we got to do is we've got to say like oh what are you up to like how's work going <laughs> like what are you doing now like get yeah. all the professional stuff out of the way because that yeah. stuff really does feel fraudulent um like that stuff is not like we remember who we were <laughs> yeah. and we know that who we were is still a part of us um yeah i don't know I, I think this movie definitely does get better as you get older and move away from uh, the people you grew up, grew up with. Um, that, it like yeah, hits definitely. different. <laughs> um, yeah, that it does. Anything else on The World's End? Um, uh, the last little thing I just wanted to mention, yeah, Gary King has this whole thing about like selective memory, and I think mm. that's one thing that sort of adds to the charm and to what we were sort of talking about just now of like, yeah like thinking about those old things and sometimes there's things we rather not remember and yeah just like they have a nice little fun uh verbal gag where yeah he just like his whole thing about yeah just like not remembering things and yeah they do that really well in this movie yeah Um, yeah, that's so so how are you ranking it with the uh with the cornetto trilogy um oh that's a really hard question it these always kind of change and rotate as I watch them again, um, probably, it, I don't know, maybe the fact that I'm like currently in my hometown and kind of doing this little bit of a reunion a little bit after being in Korea, it's like, yeah, this, I bummed this maybe a little bit above Hot Fuzz mm, because it, it, hit, it, hit the, it hit the soft spot really well. Um, but I don't know, that could change in another week or so. I think <laughs> I, I, I may yeah. put it above Hot Fuzz too. A lot of people... Like, we've already said this. A lot of people put Hot Fuzz at number one. And I usually yeah. put Shaun of the Dead at number one. I think it's a very tight package. And I love horror movies. But um, I think World's End, you know, I think it's more of a fun romp. Uh, Hot Fuzz, I think w- we brought this up when we talked about it. It's it's a little slower or, or it feels like it drags on a little longer. Um, yeah. I don't really feel the runtime on this one. And it's really just that the ending of world's end is is the them yelling at the lights really bothers me yeah yeah like it's such a disappointing climax um yeah and i don't know maybe if i was in any other mood hot fuzz might get bumped up a bit but i was yeah sort of in the mood for a more contemplative older mature kind of movie and this sort of hit the spot a little bit even though yeah i didn't yeah maybe that's why like my notes weren't as sharp for this episode because i was like yeah it's like i'm kind of like enjoying being on this emotional journey with these guys it's a good way to wrap up this trilogy and it's like even if the sci-fi component wasn't there and it was just it continued on as a movie about these old friends doing the golden mile um 
I would I was totally down for that movie. Like and yeah. I'm not watching the first half hour waiting for sci-fi shit to happen. I'm totally enjoying what is happening in that time. And uh Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this movie could totally yeah, could totally be functional without the the fights and the blue blood kind of getting spl- yeah. splurted everywhere. So yeah, it's good to be still like the cast is fantastic and yeah, they have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. All right. Um, what have you been watching this week? Um, so purely by coincidence, I wasn't even thinking about World's End. Um, Halloween night, I had to wake up early the next day for a flight. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to put a black and white horror movie on. Uh, maybe it'll lull me to sleep. So I put Invasion of the Body Snatchers on. <laughs> oh, sweet. And I had never seen Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And I really enjoy it. I think it completely holds up. Um, nice. the ending is a little weird. Some of the, some of the space alien logic doesn't quite work out uh, with these <laughs> pod people, because there's this question of like, okay, when the pod people, when they, when the pod person grows into a person and they take on the features of the person they're going to replace, the person they're going to replace has to fall asleep before they are replaced. Right. Okay. okay. Yeah, so, yeah. so that's the rule, <laughs> but like a person falls asleep and then they immediately wake up and now they're the pod person. And it's like, okay, well, what's the point of growing that pod person body? Like, where did the, where did the real person's body go? Uh, it doesn't, it's a little confusing. Um, so yeah, I think there's some like weird movie logic that people in the fifties probably didn't, you know, they didn't have Reddit so they can like go and nitpick it. (laughs) Maybe maybe they walked out, kind of scratching their heads, but it wasn't the biggest deal. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a completely <laughs> yeah, completely enjoyable movie. Uh still super compelling and like a little scary to think like what would happen if uh you know be- you become completely powerless against this larger force that has con- conquered your community. Uh it's really weird that it is a red scare movie. <laughs> um Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's all about like the fear of communism taking over your community. Um and yeah, everyone becomes brainwashed. And what do you do? Gotcha. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, they start like trying to advocate for, you know, more control in the workplace and stuff like that. Um, huh. <laughs> but, but yeah, Invasion of the Snatcher is perfectly good thing. Uh, uh, another thing I watched this week, I watched two episodes of Ted Lasso. Okay. Not not <laughs> into it. Sorry to say, um, not really into it. Uh, what episodes did you watch? Just the first two. So, the first two yeah. for sure yeah i mean i totally understand that it, yeah some people say that it takes like a yeah like at least four or five before it gets a little bit better but uh yeah i, I understand that what it reminded me of which is really this is going to sound really weird so it reminded me of this manga that uh i had read called great greatest teacher onizuka um i used to work at a barnes and noble Someone who worked there recommended I read this because they thought it was funny. It is about this guy who's part of a bike gang. And he decides that he is going to pick up high school girls by becoming a high school teacher. So he's like, he's a huge fucking pervert. (laughs) And uh, when he becomes a high school teacher, he realizes like his students have a lot of problems. You know, they're like, they're not doing well at school and it's because of stuff that's going on in their personal lives and he decides to actually solve the problems in their personal lives and he becomes a very he becomes very passionate about being the greatest high school teacher that has ever lived 
Okay. <laughs> so he goes from being like this outsider, outsider gang member pervert to being like, no, I'm going to save these kids. <laughs> and, like, uh, and he does things in like really unconventional ways because of his, you know, gang member background. Um, <laughs> and so as we're watching, as we're watching Ted Lasso, uh, I jokingly say to Emily, I was like, do you think there's a Ted Lasso anime? Because I'm thinking about <laughs> uh, greatest teacher Onizuka. And <laughs> she was like, why are you asking that? And so I decided to Google Ted Lasso anime. And I look at the images because I'm like, Does, is there any like fan art that people have created? Um, and one of the first posts is someone on Reddit saying, on the Ted Lasso subreddit saying, you have to check out great greatest teacher onizuka he's like recommending it to other ted lasso fans that's great that's fantastic so, so yeah other people are out there <laughs> so this is my recommendation to people if you're a fan of ted lasso go check out gto greatest teacher onizuka uh it's a manga and it is also an anime i haven't watched too much of the anime but um yeah <laughs> it's pretty funny awesome yeah i was saying like it's it's a good show it has uh i would say it has some ups and downs uh, more so in the second season than the first but it just blows my mind that like something so un like just un so fucking positive and like uplifting could just like get so many nominations during award season and then yeah. proceed to like almost sweep the category in some ways. And so, yeah, it, the, the first season I, I would say is really good, but yeah, it, it sort of it is a, little bit a rocky start. To say. I think I was just I think I was just expecting it to be funnier. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, and because everyone has British accents. And like having watched some, you know, British comedy, I'm expecting it to be like a little more like biting, uh, and like sharp, and I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I had to watch with subtitles because there's some characters that are just straight up whispering, and mm -hmm. I was like, I, I can't understand what this person is saying at all. And I don't know. Yeah, it, it definitely gets better, but I understand why it could be a little bit hard to sort of fully dive into it. But uh, what have you been watching lately? Um, so I watched all of Midnight Mass nice. since we last talked. Um, I wasn't as crazy about it. I, <laughs> I overhyped it. No, yeah, no, there's some good stuff in it. There's definitely some solid stuff. Uh, spoilers for Midnight Mass. Mm -hmm. It's going to just kind of cover the whole thing. Yeah, like the monologues actually didn't bother me. The monologues okay. were something that I felt that I thought were actually pretty interesting, especially when we sort of get them from characters you don't really expect to give them. But uh, yeah, the main uh, pastor guy is obviously like the better person you want to deliver it. But yeah, I was really into like the cops, uh, his little backstory. So the, when he's talking about 9-11 and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that monologue bothered me because it was okay. like this woman's telling you that they that the church is poisoning communion and now yeah. you're like your response is to like go into this long story about like love it. how 9-11 impacted you and it's all, like, dude, like you gotta no be doing ever, some shit like this like, is bigger no than you ever, man <laughs> no one's ever asked me about this and so you're gonna be the one to get it i don't know i i enjoyed it i, I, it was I was like i don't think this is the time dude <laughs> like oh by the way i don't carry a gun it's, yeah it's, it's yeah, that that moment is it comes after so many other things are ramping yeah. up. It's like, oh yeah, it's like we're just gonna take this detour to do it because this character needs its proppers. Yeah, we're gonna but figure yeah, out I, where else I, to fit this in. <laughs> yeah, I like I was fine with that. Like it bothered me, yeah, like the uh weed dealer character gets mm -hmm. like eaten or something at like the end of the second episode or something like yeah, that. Pretty but they quickly. don't 
but they don't like men- mention him again until like another few episodes later. But I was like, it's supposed to be a really small community, and the yeah. fact that yeah. this guy kind of disappears, I feel like that would have been a little more of a, a, to- a little more of a to do with this small town. Yeah, but those small things, those are all kind of just small things. I just felt like, yeah, just some decisions as far as how the characters meet their demises. This took me by surprise a little bit. And, I thought we were going to spend more time with the character Riley. and Yeah, that's know. definitely a surprise what happens. Yeah, but yeah, overall, it was good. It's, uh, yeah, love the the production design on the creature. I won't say too much, mm-hmm. but yeah, I really enjoyed that. that, that uh, just, I yeah, mean, we're already that, we're already in spoilers. Say say everything. You I, I guess, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, the, the fucking bat vampire kind of creature yeah. guy. I really enjoyed that design. It is weird it's that like no one, man. that like everyone is just like, yeah, okay, I guess it's an angel. <laughs> like no one's like, no, that's a demon. This is a demon. Yeah. It's like uh, angels have uh, feathery wings. <laughs> yeah, devils have. Surely this would be reflected in artwork somewhere if if they looked like this. Yeah, I forget the name of the uh, the other character of like the evil pa- uh, female uh, church lady. Yeah, I'm not. She's she's great. Yeah, she's she's really great. Um, yeah, and this is a weird thing where yeah, it sticks with like kind of Riley, but then there's like that first little montage with the kids, and so I just wasn't sure like who the main. I guess yeah, Riley's like the main character, but I was like yeah, there's just like a lot of point of views we could sort of take mm-hmm. with this, and it was it just felt a little unorganized in that way, but still enjoyed watching it. Yeah. Yeah, I love so, it, yeah. man. I was all about it. Yeah, I'm going to check out other stuff from uh, that guy. I forget his name. So Mike Flanagan? Mike, Mike, Mike Flanagan. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to watch some more stuff because he has other series and some other movies that look interesting. Yeah, this is... So I've seen Haunting of Hill House. I didn't watch Haunting of Blind Manor. Emily watched it and she said she wasn't that into it. Um, I watched Doctor Sleep and I think that's all I've seen from him. And yeah. I, th- I like Midnight Mass the best. I do like Dr. Sleep a lot. I think it's very interesting. Have you seen Dr. Sleep? No, not yet. I think it's interesting because it is it is a follow-up to Kubrick's The Shining. And yeah. it is also, you know, a follow-up to Stephen King's The Shining, both of which are different. <laughs> um, yeah. It is trying to be a sequel to both things. And it is, uh, you know, following up stanley kubrick's a movie by stanley kubrick is very difficult to do and i think it oh yeah I, it, it ends up being compelling in a way that i didn't think it would where it feels like it's a completely different genre of movie uh and okay. i really like it um yeah cool i'll check that out but also uh, on the plane over um i got lucky enough to get upgraded to first class so nice. i was really happy about that so i was long flight big too. balling big balling in first class yeah. And I watched the movie Booksmart. Uh, Booksmart is like this. Mm. It's basically like the female version of Superbad. That's yeah. a really terrible way to pitch it. But that's essentially what it is. With, uh, Beanie Felstein. I forget what her last name is. Um, terrible with names tonight. Um, but yeah, it's like Jonah Hill's younger sister. Yeah. Plays kind of like the Jonah Hill kind of character in this movie. Uh, it's opposite of the more quieter, uh, sheltered kind of girl um yeah and this is a it's a lot of fun like the like the cameos in that movie help it it makes it feel very much like super bad is where it's just a a night of just outrageous kind of partying going from one thing to the next but then like just sort of shoving other comedians and really funny people sort of in the wings of the movie just help it make it's it, it makes it just a lot of fun to sort of just go on this really interesting one night adventure between the, yeah like these girls are like yeah really into just getting into like the best ivy league school and they're like 
kind of like holding their noses up to the other girl, other people in their class a little bit. And then there's this great moment within the first like 10 minutes where they're like, go to the party. It's like, what school are you going to? Like, oh, I got into Stanford or like, oh, like I got into this great like uh, Ivy League school, like on a scholarship or something like that. And then the main character kind of just freaks out. And it's like, how the fuck were they able to like party all for fucking four years and just like fuck off high school and then also be able to go to these Ivy Leagues? And I, I thought that was a really fun way to sort of introduce just like the the whole plot of like okay we need to get like fucked up tonight or something yeah. like that it's a really interesting way of uh addressing it because yeah it's super bad it's literally like okay like is seth and evan they just want to get laid yeah. so it's like that's kind of like the basis of their thing yeah. but we need in this one cool. this is yeah and this one this is really great sort of they flip that purge. on his head where it, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like they were able to you know have all this fun and like be dickheads and also get into these ivy league schools and so we get to yeah have these sort of characters break out of their shell and just just make ridiculous decisions all night and it's a lot of fun and really cartoony and yeah it's it's a good it's a good time i highly recommend book smart cool. all, right. all right and we've decided on our next franchise uh um, gonna be maybe we discuss offline just in case okay okay <laughs> we're, we're still highly we're, we're debating the vague zone tribunal still trying yeah. to figure out what we're watching for this next franchise but we will let you know. All right. All right. This has been episode 58 of Vague Zone. If you would like to contact us, you can email us, vaguezonepod at gmail.com. Tweet at us, at Zone on the Twitter. If you have questions, comics, questions, comments, concerns, or movie franchise suggestions. That's how I'm going to say it every single time perfectly. All right. This has been episode 58. I'm Thomas. And I'm Daniel. Catch you on the next one. All right. Peace. Peace.